This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. All right, Drew. Watchmen. You've been watching Watchmen? I have been watching Watchmen, but I'm still like an episode behind. Come on, bro. I am. I Come know. On. I know. I was trying to catch up this morning. You blew it! <laughs> I know! All right. Well, I'm going to spoil your whole entire life. Listen, I'm, I already... I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. I'm here for the spoilers. All right. So, Watchmen. <laughs> okay. Watchmen, and I've talked about this before. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to. Yeah. It started off in a way that I have never seen on television before. And I, I've said this the the unveiling of black wall street the decimation of black wall street and in in technicolor and all of the backstories that have gone which carries through and it's an alternate history right a uh, visual Robert, depiction of an alternate alternate, alternate history, history. Yeah. Robert Redford is president it's 2019 Tulsa yeah. Oklahoma yeah it's, it's a strange strange Henry Louis thing. Gates is the secretary of education is it, no he's the guy that transportation or something like that no he no, is in charge of yeah he's in charge of your your genealogy yeah. so he's like he is in real life yeah. except he's virtual <laughs> except he's, he's a virtual, virtual guy right and um Angela um why did I call her Angela? Oh, Regina King. Who plays Angela. Angela. I, oh, that's A her ball. character. Yeah. yeah, her name is... She, so she's a vigilante, and the police have to hide themselves, and vigilantes have to hide themselves, because there's this... Y'all just got to watch it. But this this episode that you missed, Drew... Yeah. So Louis Gossett Jr., we now find out, is Angela's real grandfather. grandfather. He was the boy. And I was thinking about this, too, because we get to see Black Wall Street through the eyes of a 10-year-old. Yep. Right. We get the history through the eyes of a 10-year-old who in this episode is now telling it to a baby. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining with all of the people who lost their lives, and, and they estimated to be a hub, couple of hundred, but I know it was a couple of thousand be because thousands. we're talking about More. blocks and blocks of businesses that were bombed from the sky and people just murdered brutally in the streets. But I'm like, how much history was lost in those bodies that didn't make it? If we're learning about Black Wall Street through the eyes, and this is a lot of historical references, like real actual history in, in, in Watchmen. Because it's Tech Tuesday. Imagine if you lost your phone right now and you couldn't recover your data. Yeah. How much information did you lose? That's just your phone. Yeah, That's you, not you as a person. Yeah. You can't even quantify it because you just don't remember how much it is. The thing that I love about this show, which drives me bananas, is that it actually gives you a blueprint for what reparations could actually look like, mm-hmm. right? Because we have this whole thing now that everybody kind of feels like, well, what's reparations going to look like? They're going to send everybody a check. They da, 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 da. Yeah. But in the, in the show, there are actual reparations given to the descendants of, um, of Black Wall Street yeah. in Tulsa. And it looks like it's, it looks very easy to do. Yeah. It yeah. looks like it looks like if prove, you have intention prove, right. and effort, you can do it. Yeah. Prove your DNA, prove your genealogy, have a connect, direct connection to the atrocities that were enacted upon those people, and then you have you, a portion of that reparations. I I agree with you. It's not hard. It's not hard it's not at hard. all, and it doesn't take anything away from anybody. Yeah. So there's it's it's what's old. Um, but this episode, which you didn't see, Drew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angela swallows the episode before. Do you see when she swallowed her her grandfather's memories? Yes. Nostalgia pills. Okay. Yes. So she swallows his memories and she wakes up going through his life, going back to the murder, wow. you know. 
And so she she's in his body in his going through every single thing. And it opens up with a guy with a noose around his neck with a cape. And, you know, he's got a mask on and he's a vigilante. Hooded Justice. Hooded Justice is his name. Mm. And and it's a TV show that we find out that people are watching in real like yeah. in that time. And they make references to J. Edgar Hoover, and they make references to they're like, is the is the noose? What is that? Is that something kinky? Is that sexual? Mm. And you know, we got the we got the we he have said the, sex stuff. Sex stuff. <laughs> we have the video. We've seen you do things. So they're alluding to his homosexuality. Yeah. This guy, he's white, and he ends up handling them, mm-hmm. right? And I thought it was interesting. I was like, oh, they're telling the truth about J. Edgar Hoover. It's very, it's interesting. So they're, they're dousing little bits of history throughout this. Fast forward, the Louis Gossett Jr. guy in the wheelchair is actually the hooded justice in real life back in the 1940s. So they, they framed it wow. with um, the Long Ranger being um, Bass, Bass Reeves. Reeves. Yeah. And then now hooded justice is actually really this character. So it's really and her grandfather. Her yes. grandfather's last name is Reeves. So Bass Reeves was probably related to him. Yeah. If in real life, Bass Reeves, Bass Reeves is real, really existed. Real person, Bass though. Reeves really was the actual Lone Ranger. Yes. Yes. In real life, these are factual things, which is what I want to say about uh, art. Art needs to have. You know, unless it's complete fantasy, like we're talking about werewolves and vampires and stuff. Yeah. We should really get the the actual historical references, which they do in Watchmen so wonderfully. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. The first time I heard them mention Bass Reeves on this show, I was like, I'm watching this until the very end. I'm like, I'm I'm all in. Because you can you can you can actually love cowboy stories and westerns and grow up with your uncles and your dads watching westerns and stuff like that and never really hear the story of Bass Reeves. Never. Never. I mean, yeah. Lone Ranger and Tonto was a white man on a horse, and it was John Wayne, Mother F him, and John Wayne. John Wayne. <laughs> Shout out John to Wayne. Enemy. Yeah, of yeah. course. You know, but but these are things that indoctrinate, which is what I want to get to as well, right? Because we're indoctrinated, right? Yeah. We're indoctrinated through film, through the art. Yeah. We're we're told who we are. We're told where we are. We're told what our position and sta- status is in life. We're mammies. We're butlers. We're jigaboos. Mm-hmm. We're this. We're that. We're all of these things from from the time in memoriam to like 1970s. Yeah. And then after that, we were pinned hustlers, drug dealers, you know, karate experts. And then in the 80s, we were cleaners and, and junk men and we were, you know, Flip Wilson. We were, And then we got to become human beings with Cosby. Yeah. Mm. Hey, Je- hey, Drew Huxtable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, nice. but, but, but we're having this conversation because that's how important yep. art is, right? Because right. for many of us, the connection to self is through the lens of somebody else. And it's through seeing ourselves every day, which, which is why we talk about representation. It's not, you know, a frivolous conversation. It is not racial. It's, it's humanity, right? To be able to see yourself allows you to imagine who you are. We're going to talk about Pete Buttigieg in a second, who used that very argument for why, you know, black people aren't doing as well as we're supposed to, because we don't see it. From as a media guy too, as somebody who worked in television for the last, for the last almost decade, it reinforces something that um, that I used to preach to executives all the time, which is that we are looking to see ourselves. We are looking for ourselves in content. People of color, and I and I have spoke about black people specifically, is that black people are looking to see themselves. If we don't see ourselves, we want to know why. If we see ourselves and we don't like what we see, we got a problem with that too. And the mm-hmm. issue now is that we have more voice and more choice than we've ever had before. And we're exercising voice and choice in a way that that big organizations and big corporations and big staples have never really understood before. 
And I, I love that because it's the reason why searchable content is so popular. It's the reason why streaming is so popular is that because you now, if you're looking for yourself, you can type in what you want to see. Find it. And find what you actually want. It's why black people over index on podcasting. It's why it's why radio is, has taken a hit in a lot of in a lot of markets be, and um, in lieu of podcasts. It is also why a lot of uh, people of color are the first to turn to cut the cord on as it cable. relates to television to yeah. cut the cable cord because they can't just scroll with the remote control and see themselves right. but they can go in a searchable digital platform and watch black shit from sun up to sundown if they want to because we're looking for ourselves we want to see ourselves represented and that's why urban view is doing what it do yeah no doubt make us your favorite by the way on the sirius xm app search for it and make it a favorite all right so on that on that this last episode we get the story of this vigilante who joins a police force. This Angela's grandfather. He's mm-hmm. the he's Lou Gossett Jr. in the wheelchair. We get his backstory. He he's one of the, I think he's the second black man on the force. On, I think it's NYPD. Yeah. yeah so Feels Sam, like, Sam Battle is the real first the, black Sam cop. Battle. Yeah. In the movie, see, uh, is that real? T- that's a real thing because I actually yeah. had the guy that yeah. did his story on my show three years ago. Sam Battle. Sam Battle, the yeah. first black man to on the police force in New York City. Yeah. And so he's being sworn in, Sam Battle, because a white man won't won't put the badge, the badge on him. On him right? So he walks by him. Sam Battle puts the badge and says, "Beware the Cyclops," in mm. his ear. Right. It's very yeah. beware the Cyclops. And we don't know what the hell he's talking about. Right. Not yet. Fast forward. He sees a man. This is Crystal Knock is going on in Germany. Germans are going doing this horrible things to Jews. Of course, they were doing it all over the world. People don't right. talk about this. America was very anti-Semitic. Still is. And all you people out there identifying yourselves as Jewish people and also white, just going just just I'm just going to just say that. Just process that for a second. They sent boatloads of people, Jewish people, back to their deaths who were trying to get asylum here. They sent boatloads of Jews trying to get asylum in America because of what Hitler was doing in Germany. They sent them back. They wouldn't let them in because they were not white. Yeah. Under that construct. That's how a lot of them ended up in South America. That's how a lot of them ended up, you know, dying, right? Yes. Too. But you have a lot of people who were denied entry to the states that ended up in Latin America. They were like, we're not taking any chances on Europe. Let's try to figure out how to get to Latin America. Someplace. Yeah. Someplace warm Anywhere. where they won't kill us. All right. So this guy was um, defiling a, a Jewish delicatessen and he threw a glass, threw something in the window, broke Molotov the window, Molotov cocktail. And the cop is like, hey, what are you doing? The black cop's like, what are you doing? That's wrong. I'm putting you under arrest. So he takes him in and, you know, tries to arrest him. Yeah. And the Cyclops shows up. The other cops are like, we got this. We got this. Don't no worry. problem. Don't yeah. worry. We're going to, yo. And he's like, this, you know, called him out his name, this uh-huh. N-word or whatever. And he's like, no, you don't talk to him like that. You respect him. The white cops are like yeah. telling the guy, you respect him. And they take him away. Next day on the street, he's back out. Because, you know, yeah. we could not, right? Yeah. Took you, him in the back. Let him out the let back Let him out door. the back door, right. So he starts to understand, well, very clearly, especially when the cops pull up next to him. Hey, you want to go out for a beer? You want to go hang out with us? Uh, we'll pay. We'll buy. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. As they're driving off, their two black bodies on the back of that police car on, on, on ropes. So the one thing that, that you should pay attention to in that scene is the whole thing is in black and white, except for that moment where something touches him. It's blood. It's red, red blood oh, on the back. I of did the see the blood. I didn't realize yeah. that it was in black. See, you know what? I had to rewatch that. By yeah. the way, 
Yeah. Because literally... you don't see, you don't even notice the bodies. And if you're not paying attention, you're like, so they're literally dragging black people behind, you know, like yeah. James Byrd, right? Yeah. So he now realizes this badge means nothing. Yeah. Because right. I'm still black. Right. Yeah. And they're not listening to me and I can't arrest white people, apparently. Right. So they drive off and then come back around as he walks through an alley because they were pressuring him to come eat with them. Yeah. Right. Or come get a drink. So they pressure him and they bring him around and, and they come around the alley and they corner him, put a noose around his neck, a hood over his head, and they and they um hog tie him. Yeah. And then they drag him to a tree. And once they drag him to this tree, they string him up, he's hanging, he's choking, and they cut him down and, and they're like, listen, you know, you're gonna abide by our rules with you know, within what we're doing, but because the next time we won't cut you down, we'll let you hang. And then that's the moment where you see now it's um, Angela Abar, um, right. Regina King's character, she, she, realizing mm -hmm. like this really happened to my grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah it's no, it's yeah. it's for real. Listen, the Twilight Zone, the Twilight Zone moment for me would be to have to relive some of what my ancestors. That's what, and, and that's so I was sitting there, that's and that's happening. what it's doing, right? That's so, so you think about six, it, think about happening. it, think about that, Drew. Think about having to relive. Think Jesus, about it, right? Mary and Joseph, and it's in our DNA. Yeah, so I it's actually that. there. So, so he goes and he and he comes home and he's angry because his wife is like, "You're so angry." What before that? Before that, when he got when before he gets home, he goes. Um, he goes. He's walking back, and he's still still has, got, and he's bleeding because he, they beat the hell out yeah, of him. Yeah, they beat him. Oh, wow. They beat the hell out of him. Strung him up. He's still bound. There's two people getting robbed or beat up. T two women two. in the alley getting almost raped. Yes. Wow. And, and he's like, I can't. As a black I'm, man in a, with a badge, I have no power. I'm a cop. I'm all these things, but he's looking like, damn, I can't really do anything. So he puts the hood back on. And whoops the ass yeah. of the people. Yeah. And it feels good. Yes! Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Listen, I'm just listening to y'all and I got the chill when no, you say he beats the down. ass. Oh, he, like, beats, oh, he, beats, oh. he beats the ass. For with real, the noose for... around his neck, Still. with a hood and a noose, he whips their asses and the women are so grateful and he's a hero in the paper. His wife's like, you're in the paper. The hero, yeah. the masked hero, yes. blah, blah, blah. So we now, are resilient people, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Fast forward. Okay. Uh, this white dude who's apparently very wealthy shows up to his house because he's now going around kicking people's asses all yeah. over town with the mask and the noose on. He's now a legend. <laughs> he's now a legend. And, and he's whitening around the eyes, you okay. know, Thank wearing God. gloves. So they guy. think it's a white guy. Uh -huh. But somehow this white man knows it is not. So, yeah, and it's like, you know, between them, energy, the wife is very irreverent. And it was like, oh, we're talking business. And she sits down. It's like, yeah, okay, we're talking. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I loved her. She was like, yeah, what you got to say? What you say to him, you can say to me. And I'm like, you go, sister. I like that. And the, they have this exchange. And I'm like, okay. So he's basically um, saying, I know it's you. We have an organization of other maxed people. We're out there doing the same kind of work. You you actually influenced us to be Build this, to do this. Right. Oh, like right. the Justice League. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. So yeah. we have Just the like Justice it. League. We all look up to you. We started this because of you. And he's a white man. Mm. The very next scene, you see the character, the the what do they call him, the, the hangman, or what the, um, the 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 man with the the hood and the noose, yeah, justice. Oh, hooded justice. Hooded justice. Yes. Pounding this white man from the back, sexually. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, that was my <laughs> yeah. reaction. Yeah, yeah. 
And then they're they're right, 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 right. Yeah. And then they're they're in bed together. And and you know he's caressing him and telling him all of this stuff about you know and he's like when did you know and I thought he was like when did you know I was gay I thought no. that was the question yeah. but I think it might have also been the question because they, they them writers they, they're, they're writing a hell of a story Ooh. he said when did you know know what that I was hood of justice <laughs> and so yeah. this turns into something else Drew okay and so I'm like okay. All right. And then I'm going back to the beginning. Okay, they foreshadowed it was the real, the fake. I don't know what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to suss through it. And I was like, all right, that's fine. Maybe he was gay. All right, fine. So we move on. Long story short, Mm -hmm. because after that, I kind of like, why is this here? What is this going to tell me? Why do yeah. I have to see this? And it and it's to me personally, it, it's sullied the the moment of the power of what this guy was doing. But mm-hmm. then I had to examine why. So I want to yeah. have an honest conversation about that today, yeah. right? Why was I disturbed by this? Why was I challenging and questioning the writers? And you know, there were several things going on 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 the internet that might have influenced me. And I was like, well, you know, was this a compromise? Did we have to? And does it diminish the man to make him gay? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And as black people, because of representation, when we finally get a hero, does it make him less of a hero Mm -hmm. because he's engaging in this activity? Is it activity? Like, how do we see this? And does it and is it also partially because he's doing it with a white man, too? Uh, Is it it like the gay thing? Is it the interracial thing? It's a lot. lot. So. When, Particularly if we start looking at it in the current zeitgeist of what, the way we look at our leaders currently today, right? Because some of y'all got a problem with Kamala because she's married to a white man, right? Right. So, I mean, some y'all meaning the... People. The, the some ethereal people. y'all. Right. The ethereal y'all. Right. The yeah. bigger y'all. Um, I, and has I, Obama set us up to that all black leaders have to be perfect now? Ooh. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. All right. Lines already lit. All of them. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, though, also, as I had to sit, because you had to sit in process, then I had to re-watch, re-watch I, I it, right? I had to re-watch it, yeah. I was like, is he effing? Because he's he's effing the this, man. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And then he effs the man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then shortly <laughs> thereafter, yeah. he, he finds them, and, and they, said some, they said some stuff in, in this episode where... Um, he sees the uh, the store clerk that the guy who burned down the the, the Jewish, the Jewish um, the, del- delicatessen, right? Yeah. yeah, they he sees him and he sees a he sees the guy, the cop, and he's dressed in his cop uniform, and he sees him doing something illegal, and he's like, "Listen, you come with me, come to my store, I'll give you the best cut of meat." Starts talking about you know sex stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're, you know you're <laughs> right? yeah right right right. Uh. So he he brings him into. His supermarket. The reason why he burned down the Jewish supermarket. Super because it was because, competition. Yeah, it was competition. He burned down his competition. Is that what they did in Tulsa? All right, go yeah. ahead. Keep, so he they go in and he's realizing that you know it's more going on inside this, this delicatessen um, yeah, than just store meat. than just than um, just yeah. Right. And he's like, you know, all you guys look alike. Do I know you from somewhere? Like, how many black cops were there? There were only two in the entire episode. It was just him and, and the Sam Battle character. But yeah. he didn't recognize him. <laughs> and because he didn't recognize him, and he started talking reckless to him, Hooded Justice put his hood on and just started capping yeah. everybody. Cap everybody. And, yeah. It was, wow. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a lot. So 
Okay. And then there's a scene in a black movie theater, which also goes back to Tulsa because the 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 opening yeah, was the opening in a, was in a black, in a movie, black movie, which his parents owned, and his mother was the and piano player. It was a player. Bass Reeves movie, wasn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. Reeves movie. Yes. Oh my God, the writing in this. So I did a little research, right? Because nice. in this movie. In, in the movie theater, mm-hmm. the black people were saying that th- th- there was, because it, it says in the opening, be, you know, if you have problems with strobe lighting, yeah. this episode, warning, oh, yeah. this episode has That's to. Right. So there's, there's this strobing going on with the film, and they're being mesmerized. And if when you go into the back, there's a book called Mesmerize, Mesmerization yeah. by the Masses. Yeah. So I looked of that the up. Masses. Of yeah. the Masses, right? Uh-huh. So they were, they were mesmerizing black folks through film to hurt themselves, Heavy. to kill themselves, Heavy. right? So Frank Friedrich, Friedrich Anton Mesmer, who's from Germany, 1734, German Damn. doctor, theorized that the existence of a natural energy transference occurring between all animated and inanimate objects, he called it animal magnetism, which was referred to later as mesmerism. His, his theory was attracted worldwide between the 1780s and 1850s mm-hmm. and continued to have some influence, and it's also the, the foundation of hypnosis. Mm-hmm. This is a real thing. Yeah. And so... The question I was wondering, did the writers, did they perp, and I'm sure they did, Yeah. that people can be influenced by film to by do horrific things to one another. To and I think of birth of, the, birth of a Nation. I think of uh, Lainey Reitz. Birth, Re- birth of a Nation is one of the films that they use in Watchmen to start to tell you this story. So that's why, you know, when you look, when, when you look at him and he went back into the, into the deli, he put the hood back on and he starts killing everyone. The guy in the back. Is, is saying, don't touch white people. Don't say bad things about white people. When you see another color, kill that kill that person. Yeah. Like, as you boom, watch boom. this episode. Through radio? Yeah. Through radio and through, through video. Vis- video. Ooh. Yeah, heavy, Ooh. heavy. All right. All right. Emmy award-winning episode, I promise. But did the, <laughs> did the scene, was it necessary for him to be um, pounding that white man in the butt? Was that necessary? I just had the question. Would it, if they took it out, would Would we have have... the same experience but do you do you feel any less like that that character is a hero because i don't the character is a hero the character i don't but but some people might But it gave you pause it gave me pause because i know people that that ethereal us that you talked about Mm -hmm. i know people and i know that that would allow somebody to discredit it the way they discredited harriet because of the woman play like we look for things to discredit something yeah waiting for that moment that one thing to say this is trash yeah yeah we were having an off mic conversation yep yep you had some questions we're gonna go to the calls we promise yeah but you you had questions that i refused to answer off mic (laughs) <laughs> my my question is somebody on Twitter said the sex scene between the two men took away from the power of the black cop but what I'm saying is why does his sexual dominance over a white man take away from our impression of his power right because of the way we, the way we've been conditioned so here's here's how I looked at it and this is the way I why I got uncomfortable yeah. because the imagery of black men are either um, and I've said this before, especially like in in newsrooms. The only the first black man that I saw on the news that presented as, and, I, and I'm struggling with the language right now because yeah. I don't want to offend anybody, but at the same time, you know what the hell I'm talking about, Bernard Shaw. But there hasn't been one since in news. The only place that black men get to exercise what we understand as masculine behaviors in yeah. sports. 
It's the only place that black men are allowed to do that. So when we talk about heroes, you know, they're wearing tights and capes and such, which is why Black Panther was so powerful for so many of us because T'Challa and all of the Obari and all of the barking-ass people, they showed up the way, you know, we see people show up. The way we see black people and the way we see black men. Now, sexual behavior has nothing to do with your your masculinity or yeah. who you are as a man. And I think as black people, we're super sensitive to that because we have very limited images yeah. of the things that... In mainstream. Mainstream, In mainstream, right. Yeah. Except for the ones we create ourselves. And we didn't write, write Watchmen. Right. So I struggle with... This is true to the to the graphic novel. In the graphic novel, this character is a homosexual. But in the yeah. graphic novel, this character is not black. Yeah. No, well, he's... No one knows what he is. Because I mean, he has they, on a mask. He has, he has on a mask, and all you can see is around his eyes, but they never gave a backstory. Okay. So they're actually writing his backstory as we're watching. Right. And it's true to what the graphic novel says. The graphic says. novel, yes. Yeah. But there's a larger question about our discomfort with gay, gay behavior, gay people, yeah. as if... What? We, and, and listen, we have seen, we have seen gay um, LGBT folks, LGBTQ folks... Well, I'm just going to talk about gay because that's what I know. We have seen gay people, particularly gay men and women, written out of history consistently. Right. We, we, there's only the only a handful of people who follow black history, who know black history, even know who Bayard Rustin is. And that's been recent. That's been of recent years where we start to even talk about his impact on the on the March on Washington. And he had a and him being written out of black history is a huge loss to us because whenever we write black folks out of black history or we don't tell black history how it really happened or how it really is, black people lose out, right? Yeah. Um, and so my thing is that, yes, we only have limited number of, of images of, of positive images of black people or whatever, but why does them being gay automatically assume negative. that it's negative? Right. Right? If he would if he would have been having sex outside of his outside of his marriage Which he with, was. A, with a white he was. woman. Which he was. With a white woman mm-hmm. or a black woman or a beautiful black woman, would we have still felt no, like we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have. If it because- was Halle Berry, or what's the equivalent now? You said Megan the Stallion. Stallion. Yeah. If it was <laughs> Megan the Stallion, uh, no right. one would have a problem with it because we've been conditioned that that's okay. And I right. think you're, this is a conversation, this is a nuanced conversation that's deeper than just, you know, black and white. Yeah. It, it is, you know, why did I have a visceral response and a negative response at that? Yeah. I'm conditioned. Yeah. So how do I fix that conditioning? Because we don't have the luxury to write anybody out. Right. We don't have the luxury to I say that. that Bayard Rustin and and James Baldwin yeah. they don't get to come to the cookout. Yeah. We don't get. We don't have the right to say that uh, Lorraine Hansberry yeah. and and uh, damn, we, can Lord. Go, we can go down a list. A yeah. whole host of people don't have a right to come to the cookout. Yeah. Because we need everybody. Because of who they who they choose to have sex with. Yeah. Because it's irrelevant actually. Right. But because I think we, that, we, there's no way we can we can abandon Martin Luther King because of rumors about uh, rumors about him having extramarital affairs, right? right? Which he, not rumors. He did have extramarital Martin Luther King cheated on Coretta. Oh, okay. Still, he was MLK. Exactly. Take a call before we go to break. Let's go to um, uh, let's go to Dottie um, from California. Dottie. Dottie, are you there? I am. Hi there. Hey, Dottie. Yay! Success. Hey, did it. Not my real name. I'm at work. Oh, you're at work. Dottie. Dottie ain't Dottie at work, so we ain't gonna use her real name. What's going on, Dottie? Yeah, this is my mama. I use my mama's name. Fine. I'm. I'm so happy. I'm. I'm thank you, first time caller. I just wanted and everything. I wanted to say because I'm nervous. <laughs> I actually didn't have an issue with the um, 
than being gay. I, I, I really try to think about it a little bit of things that Karen says on her show and um, watching the episode. So some of the things I kind of point out and I wrote them down. So I think that he kind of broke a stereotype maybe in the black community of being that he's bisexual because he, he was married to a black woman, you know, because sometimes we see what we see in the media is like effeminate gay guys, you know, dressed in tank tops and lipstick. And this guy was a masculine type of gay person. You know what I mean? He's a police officer. He's kicking butt. He's been through a lot of trauma in his life, you know, a husband, a father. And it, for me, it didn't bother me at all. Um, the second thing, I guess, was America was being fed a false narrative because this is a big show, like the show within the show, is being um, broadcast. There's like a worldwide, right. like a whole America event. And um, they're portraying him as a white guy. Yeah. We got to go to break. Yeah. Oh, uh, I already know that. We got like 10 seconds. Dottie, great first time call. Yeah. Even though it's not your name and you're whispering at work. We appreciate you, Drew. Great pick. Let's <laughs> let's unpack what she's saying because she's saying something. Yeah. There's a, a national story, a show that is very popular, and the, the protagonist is a white man. We were talking Watchmen. Y'all want to talk about it, too? We took one call. We were talking off mic about some stuff because uh, we can't stop talking about it yeah. because there's so much here. It's not just about a television show, y'all. This is about a television show rife with history, rife with uh, with Easter eggs, as they call them, things that we have to discover. But it also challenges challenges us in a way that art is supposed to challenge. Yeah. And Drew, you were saying something to me. I was like, take it to the mic. Yeah. <laughs> so we were we, when we were having the conversation about why do we need that in the in the scene? And I feel like we we absolutely need that in the scene because it challenges you as a viewer. Um, if you're watching that, you've got you've got this investment in this character. You right. emotionally invested. You you're actually proud of this character. You like this motherfucker, right? <laughs> and then they hit you with, "Oh, he's gay." So now it challenges you as a viewer. Are you really rooting for everybody black? See, we say that. We say that. There's there was more to it. Also, he cheated on his wife. In that moment, like it was quick. Like it was a lot going on in that in that split. Like. It went from one scene to the next, and then the next scene after like, that. No! The yes, next scene yes, after yes, that, yeah. she said that she was pregnant. Yeah. So boom, it was boom, like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. So it takes you. It takes. It takes back to that. To that question before is that do our heroes? Do do the people who are here to help us and ha and who are here to save us, who are on the right side of history in the big scheme of things, do they have to be perfect for us to really support and, them? And, and outside, of, take take the um, infidelity off the table. Yeah. Just being gay doesn't make him imperfect. Yeah. And I wanted to say this too because I think people have problems with people's sexualities for a number of reasons and for their proclivity. So I know Kamala Harris, who you brought up, yeah. I think a lot of people have a problem with her being with a white man because for a black man, it's a rejection. Mm -hmm. You chose him over us. Yeah. And a lot of black women have trouble seeing like black men, especially beautiful, gorgeous black men with white women because you chose her over us. Yeah. So we cancel you. You don't even like us. You know, Byron Allen got hit with that, right? Yeah. You don't even like us anyway. Why are we, you know, so we, our own insecurities around, you know, being rejected and loved or liked or not. Yeah. And for some people to, to acknowledge or accept a brother who is gay as a man means that 
I might be open to that myself, and I don't want that. I don't yeah. want anyone to perceive me as that. I don't want anybody that. to think that I'm down with that by right. any stretch so of the imagination. So I have to go to the way extreme to let you know how not down I am. Yeah. Because sometimes the, thou dost protest too much. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and this is just for, for brothers out there. Um, your vigilant, virulent, anti-homosexual you know, homosexual rants and things actually reveal more about your lack of character and your fear. Yeah. of that you might actually possess these qualities. Yeah. You are telling on yourself every time you go on a homophobic rant. And people see that. So you're not act- you're doing the exact opposite of what you think you're doing by saying it because if you're strong and solid in who you are because again, it's it's really a self check, right? Yeah. Then be yourself. And and th- this person's gayness doesn't have any effect. It's not wiping off on you. It's not doing So why can't he live? Why do you feel some ways that you got to go public and speak about it and try to troll? I, I was th- thinking about Tank just a few weeks ago, having to defend himself. No matter whether you agree with what he said or not, it was weird. All right, I admit it was weird. <laughs> yeah. But so what? Like, yeah. it's not you. And why do you care so much that you got to take this man through the paces? It was, like, kind of brutal. Yeah. And I'm like, why are y'all so going so hard? Are the you, internet went hard against him, are too. You, are you nervous that you might have these proclivities? Because you're showing. Your slip is showing. <laughs> you know, in that yeah. moment, it feels like that, right? Yeah, so absolutely. this is just that. But I think we, black people in particular, are hardwired because of all the limited images of us that we have to kind of fight for our spaces. Yeah. And we have to show pristine. You know, we have to show what is model. But the model was presented to us by by people that never saw us as humans anyway. So why right. are we tossing away people? So we can't throw people away. And and listen, I think for, for people who do go on those homosexual rants, gay people are not even thinking about you because we already we already wrote you off as a as you know just as a person as a part nobody's thinking about you sexually and that sort of thing but we already wrote you off as an intellect we've written you off at that but so the thing though is that women also look at those homosexual rants and think "Mm, that's weird that you care that much I've had um, I've had so many sisters say when dudes start going way too hard against gay people, it makes me feel like that's weird that you cared as much or that you that invested in this. Right. So I think that that's part of it. But I, you and I talked about the the whole why. Why do people have such a, an issue with the whole gay thing or whatever? And I do think that it that it really is for a, a certain kind of straight man that I do think that it is one of those things that I don't want anybody to question my manhood because I'm adjacent to that. And what I say... Is that manhood, though? So think, so that's another question. Hmm. All right, because uh, I'm looking at Air you. Air quotes manhood. Yeah, because right? uh, you, you're pretty manly. Drew McCaskill's I a man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, yeah no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I'm, I'm here to testify. I'm pretty manly. <laughs> um, how do Girl. we... Def- mm, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Syl. Shout out to yeah. Syl. Um, so how do we define manhood, right? To me... Yeah. To be a man is to accept responsibility for your life, for your actions, for the people around you. To be a man is to step yeah. into your purpose. To be a man is to be responsible for your 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 livelihood. You yeah. know, you're not dependent on anybody. Being a man or a woman is about character. Yeah. It's not about how one has sex. And and responsibility and how you engage and how you accept your responsibility as not only to take care of yourself, but as a part of the human community, as a part of your own community, to actually give a damn about what's going on around you and the people around you. Right. Um, and so that whole the whole manhood piece around that, I know some effeminate gay men who are 
to me, some of the some of the hardest brothers I know because they don't have the option to move through the world and people not know that they're gay. Right. I can I have it is a, it is a modicum of privilege. Right. Is that I can show up somewhere and people may or may not know that I'm gay. I have the option to choose whether to disclose that or not. I think, but there are a bunch of guys that I know who grew up effeminate that have had to fight every day of their lives. They, they, you know, because of the fact that they are effeminate men in a, in a one black man in a space of a world that says, I'm going to do everything I can to put my boot on your neck. But then to then show up in a black community and still have yet another boot put on your neck. Right. Like I definitely know black guys who are gay, who have PTSD when it comes to going to a barbershop because they was called faggot so many times in a barbershop. Mm. I love the barbershop. I can't, if I had a son, I could, I can't wait to have a kid so I can take him to the barbershop. I can go to the barbershop in my barbershop right now, get my hair cut and leave three hours later drunk because the barbershop, <laughs> because, because, barbershop? because my barbershop you? goes hard. We talk about everything. Like it's packed in there. You know what I'm saying? So I love the barbershop because even though the guys, you know, my barber knows I'm gay. The guys in my barbershop, I respect me or whatever the case is. But I don't have that same experience that somebody else may have. And so the manhood thing is really interesting because what are we defining that manhood as? You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I shout out to my to my dad because um, my dad definitely probably definitely looked at me when I was very young and said, you going to need to know how to fight. <laughs> real that that's 100% real. He's like you going to need to know how to fight. And so I very you know very young fight. know how to fight. Like, you know, that my my experience when I was younger was that um my dad was like if somebody calls you that if somebody calls you a faggot the next day, you they better go home and tell their daddy that a faggot beat their ass at school mm-hmm. today. And I'm and that's point blank period. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, and if you beat his ass, you ain't got to worry about nobody calling you a faggot again. That was my lived experience, right? I'm not saying that that's what, how you need to raise your kids and tell your kids to beat somebody's kid ass if they call you that. But it worked real well for me. I can just say that, me personally. I could tell Drew got hands. Eight six six. I mean, but there's a level anyway. There's a level of confidence that you you carry. But that's another thing, right? To be unapologetically who you are. We were somewhere in the hallway, and some guy was on the show. I forgot who it was, but they didn't know, and they said something, and I was waiting for you to say something. Do go say something because it's it's interesting how people navigate when they don't know, yeah. and it's almost I think like when you're in a room with somebody and maybe you're racially ambiguous because I hear yeah. this a lot with people who are racially ambiguous, and you're in a room with people who are white identified because that's a made up construct, and they say reckless things about black people. Yeah, and how they navigate that, you know, it's it's there's a there is a confluence of of behaviors that we have to extricate ourselves from. Let's go back to the phones because I yeah. promise, Drew, and you're on you're on phone duty today. All right, so we're gonna go to uh, we're gonna go to Will from Philly. Hey, Will, you've been holding for a minute, man. Hey, how's it going, Karen and the family? Hey, first time caller. <laughs> What's your comment, man? Okay, just uh, going in on Hooded Justice and Captain Metropolis. Uh, as you said, uh, you know, that was an original comic book. But I also think the wife knew because when she screams no 
after they basically they touch hands, she she already knows he's gay. And then there's a part when they're arguing where she says, I thought this would change you. And that's when she says she's going back to Tulsa. So it's also that uh, dynamic. Now I got to watch it a third time. Yeah. But she was talking about yeah. him being angry. But she was, was she? But was she? There's so much duality. He's yes. correct. Good word. And knowing that he's gay. She was with him his whole life. So she knows that. She's the baby that he yeah. picked up. Her whole life. Yeah. 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 Right. So so that was, and that was the argument was about when he came in and the son was putting on the makeup and everything and he grabs him and she, right. he's arguing right. with him. And she comes in and says she's leaving. But he says, don't be like me. Don't be like me. And don't be like me. And she said, I thought this would change. So so that's a whole other dynamic that's going on also. Another angle. Also with the wife, if you remember, she was actually the one taken out of the ashes, like Superman. You know, the back is like a Krypton was burned and Tulsa was burning. So there's a lot more dealing with her also. She's the one that goes back to Tulsa. And then there's a disconnect somewhere because the story was passed on to her. But Angela didn't know the story. So something happens where that story isn't passed on. So that deals with us as far as, you know, as black folks, our history not being uh, uh, carried on. So we know that these things happen. Right, so because that that's woman, what I believe part she of. raised him. That would him. be her great-grandmother. Right? Yeah, that was her, yeah. Gra- no, her, her grandmother because he's her grandfather. That would be that's her, her grandmother. grandmother. Right, and that yeah. little boy is her dad. Right. So she, the mom erased him. Right. So that means everything, all of that, all of that history got yeah, erased. The writing. And think about think about our community. Think about how many of our great aunts and great uncles never passed on that verbal, that oral right. history to us. One, either because it was traumatic and they didn't really want to talk about it and they didn't want to talk about details, or we never had the we never had the 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 thought to ask and to ask them the chart to pass it on. But if we look at African cultures, like African African cultures, Oral history and passing down oral history is how we is how we give kids community. That's right. It's how we give history. The griot song, the griots. Those those are the most powerful people in our community. Let's uh, continue to be that too. Go ahead. Thank you, Will. That was worth holding on for listening to. We'll talk about that duality. Uh, We got time for another call. Yes. Uh, Let's go to Casey from Illinois. Hey, Casey, how are you? It's Tracy. Oh, Oh, it's Tracy. All right. That'll yeah. happen too. So um, that'll happen sometime. <laughs> but um, I want to take y'all back a little bit because remember in episode four, Looking Glass is watching the uh, Minuteman program, mm-hmm. the sex scene in that. And remember in the in the um, in the episodes, Minuteman's a white. Was that five? I think that was. Or, or I mean, um, Hood of Justice is a white man. Yeah. It so was. Looking Glass is watching all of this, and also the cops, when uh, the FBI agent walks into right. the um, precinct, Damn, all of them are watching this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so so that that watching, we're watching the Watchmen watch the, uh, yeah, yeah it, there's, there's that a, whole. There's a line that they have in it, watching the, it's all the Latin that they say to each other, but it's the line of the movie, and, and the clock almost striking midnight those those few things are always in almost every episode okay the I, clock thing w- yeah. around midnight what is that i, I want to know what that means doomsday okay oh. all right hmm it's interesting too and thank you man D- that was a that casey was a thank one. you yeah that was um good. tracy when when um the the grandfather 
called the white man that he was having sex with and said they got filmed, they're, they're mind controlling, they're this and that. The first thing he said was to discredit, that we discredit him. He said, um, the Klan is using mind control. Do you know how ridiculous that, that sounds? sounds mm-hmm. Have you been drinking? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us see some things, know some things, feel some things, yeah. and people always try to discredit what we know, feel, and think. And that was a part, and he knew he was like, "No, this I saw up my own two eyes. I'm gonna go handle that." And that was when he cut him off. So that's when he really effed the white man. Yeah, Yeah. he was mad after that. Yeah, yeah. And discernment is a gift. Don't don't let people erase that from you. Discernment is a gift. The the thing I think is crazy too is that somebody brought up the um, Du Bois and talking about double consciousness. That you know that the masks that we put on figuratively as well as sort of literally right is that this man has this whole mask of this heteronormative family or whatever where he's a police officer he's a police officer he's like all of these things right and then but he has you know you know his orientation is to be with men or whatever so he has to still wear that mask how many how many shows have we ever seen that do a deep dive to look at not just the black mask that black people have to wear, but all of the other masks that societal we have to wear, masks. you know, the societal stuff that is not even just about our, you know, our race in a racist country. So who canceled this show as a result of that? 866 can not Who decided? I can't watch Watchmen anymore. I cannot. All right, let's take another call. You're on call line. I'm on call line. Let's go to Ali in D.C., Ali in D.C., are you there? Absolutely. Grand <laughs> rising salutations to the, to the queen and to my fellow kings. How y'all doing today? How Jeez. you doing? Hold How tap. you doing? <laughs> How you doing? I'm from, from the humble words of Karen Hunter. I'm awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. It's the opposite of humble. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll take that too, Karen. Thank you. What's um, in, in all fairness, I, I enjoy watching men. I think I think um, the last caller, what a caller previous to the last one, said it perfectly. Where he felt like the the lady had already knew his wife had already knew, but I took it a little bit further than that. I was like, you know, how would they they threw the absentee father in this? You know, the whole time, you know, she said no. He was she was saying no, but I was thinking as as such that saying that you've been gone, you've been out of this son's life. You don't have a right to talk to him now. You don't have a right to, to be his father. And she's like, I'm leaving you. I'm sitting there thinking, like, why would, why would she leave this guy that's been raised, raising his son, but all of a sudden it's a problem? And, she, and that's why I was like, we, we lose that connection. That's where you said a lot of families don't tell the, the whole story because mm. they're absentee fathers at this point. And, and they try to you know hide that part of his life, hide the fathers from their life. Mm. Mm. That's, that's yeah. deep. We got to tell the truth, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it goes back to cancel culture and throwing away people. So this woman, as a result of this man having these proclivities, having yeah. this life and this lifestyle and the anger that yeah. went with it because she didn't want her son to be a vigilante, yeah. right. you know, which uh, is dangerous. Right. You know, he almost got got yeah. this she, episode. She, she made him admit that he was angry because he didn't want to admit right. that he was angry. Right. He had a mask on. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. But he does. He, he earned his anger. Correct. He watched yeah. his whole entire family and, and town, community. his whole community blown up. And all was left was him and that little baby out of the ashes that he ended up marrying. Yep, because the people that were doing the same thing that they... Ri- get, um, 
it's helping them escape. They right. wound up dying. They wound, they wound up die. dying. But I'm saying that same hatred that blew up his town is the same hatred that he's fighting every day. Right. So, of course, he's angry. And it's also, you, you got to also think about the fact that when people tell you as a, as a young black person, do the right thing, do go the right path, go the right route, do all of these things. He did all of those things. He went the right path. He went the right route. He, he became a police officer. And then to get to adulthood after being told all of this time that you this is how you make a change. This is how you go out and change the world and make the world a better place you find out that all of that shit was a lie too yeah. you find out that oh i'm a police officer now and these people are trying to kill me and 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 keep me in this little bitty caged box i did all of the right things and still have no power still have no ability to impact the world still have no ability no ability to change my community or to change my future or to change things for other people who look like me to have that level of disappointment after you've lived your whole life sacrificing to do right how could you not be angry? How could you not be pissed right. off? You think Drew saw this episode? I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, Drew, Drew's that dude, though. How could you not uh, be let mad? Me, let me say this. Let me say this. Um, I, I, I was really excited when he went in and took care of business. And then I had to challenge myself, too. What, what, yeah. Because well, what well, is that? Well, you know? Who Don't we all want to see justice doled out? When you oh, know yeah. something's wrong. When you know. But we live in a land of laws. Mm -hmm. And as we have a president that defiles them every single day, mm -hmm. every single day, and we think that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Yeah. You can't speak out of two sides of your mouth. Yeah. Either we have a rule of law or we don't. And even if justice doesn't always work, we still have to hold true it and hold it accountable. Right. You know? Ah, so much. Go back, Drew, to the phones. <laughs> go back go to, the to the phones. Go to the phones. Go to the phones. All right, let's go to Jerry in Philly. Jerry in Philly. You there? I'm glad you guys called on me. Yeah. Uh, the uh, um, the quote that the other well, uh, first of all, hey Karen, how are hey, you? Hey, Jerry. Um, and uh, Drew and the other brother, I forgot your name. Kareem. Sorry about Kareem. that. And man? how you doing, Kareem? Peace. Now the quote you're thinking of is Kuis Custodia Ipsus Custodio. Yeah, you That's on who it, watches the Watchmen? <laughs> who watches the Watchmen? You on it, Who watches the Watchmen? Got his Latin, Latin, obviously. Yes. Um. Now, you guys gave me so much to unpack, so I'll make it real quick. I know you have other callers. Now, the moment I saw that Oculus sign, I thought about Jay-Z and three before the badge when he was uh when he did the um when he did the soundtrack for um mm. the movie that Denzel was in. American Gangster. American Gangster. American Gangster, where he talks about, you know, they still putting three before the badge. So that's been, I mean, as soon as I saw that Oculus, I was like, wow, yep. right? And then. Ooh, the Socklops. Wait a minute. At the Oculus. God, the on the, Oculus. On the, no, the no, no, it's Cyclops. It's Cyclops. I'm sorry. Oh, on the Cyclops, all, right? All, no, all, no we, you're we, right, though. On, and the all-seeing eye. and Which is on our money. And, ooh. Right. Saying right. So that's the first thing I thought about. And then when I saw the, when I saw the scene with, with him and, and the white guy, the only thing I could think of is that scene was shot incorrectly. And what I mean by that is if it, if it would have been shot with him having sex with him and then him being indifferent after the sex, that would have been like, okay, now he's, he's taking it to the man because the man is taking it to us. And I think Karen mentioned that earlier. Right. So I think that's the only part about that scene that really upset me. Was a, it was like okay, it was shot like it was a like love that was his intimate thing. Yes, right. you know? instead intimate. of just and getting on his, taking on his, putting on his breeches mm. and walking right. on and out. Thank you, thank you very much. See you later. 
yeah. or not. And then, right, exactly. And then the 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 very last thing I'll say is I think some people, especially in our community, especially black men, they will they will get so upset about that particular scene because if you I mean and and all three of you know this quite well. The way that they they being um white folks and 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 global racism they try to emasculate black men since the day we're born. Mm-hmm. So this is 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 this will be viewed as another another way of emasculating uh you know a black hero or something like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, cuz I've 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 had conversations with individuals that work about this and well, the enlightened ones and they uh and they all said, this, you know, and, and they all agreed, you know. So I just, I just wanted to drop that on y'all. That was, we have that a was great important. show. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah. Worthy. Ah. And you're Latin. Yeah. <laughs> love you're Latin. It, it on is point. good. And right. I took four years of Latin. I'm embarrassed right <laughs> yeah. now. It's your a dead Latin is on point. But Jerry spoke to something. Emasculation. And it goes yeah. back to the question that we asked. What does it mean to be a man? What does yeah. it mean to be masculine? And I think, you know, that is something that we individually and then we collectively as a community have to define for ourselves. We don't yeah. let anybody outside define that, right? Mm. So you can't emasculate somebody. You don't have the power to do that. Yeah. And that's the thing that we need to hold true to. They can't emasculate you. Yeah. They don't have the power to do that. You walk into this world as a man, or you walk into this world as a woman, or you walk into this world as non-binary, whatever you want to say about yourself. Right. That's you. Be you. No one can touch that. Yeah. We give people too much power. We give people too much power to define ourselves, to, to define who we are, and then we then we contort ourselves to fit that model. Right, what and are they we get doing? mad about it. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah. Stop it. And listen, assimilation trying to be something that you're not naturally driven to, assimilation is exhausting. It leaves all it leaves zero time and zero energy for creativity and innovation. And it leaves no time for, you know, going out and doing the work of the people. 